All right, welcome in everyone and happy new year. 2022 is finally here. My name is Ike, that is Sam, and welcome to The State of Play, formerly known as The Ike and Sam Show. This is episode number three. We're switching it up not only in terms of the year, but also the name. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it that we're all switching up. But um, the guests are the same, the hosts are the same, the topic's the same. It's sports. It's all sports. That's pretty much all we talk about. But we are very happy, very blessed to be back, very excited to be back. We took a little bit of a break for the holidays. Uh, We have finally gotten over our hangovers from New Year's. Uh, It was quite the bender. Uh, One person in my group even got COVID out of it. Uh, We won't dive into that, but nonetheless, that happened. So we wish her well. She is on her way to recovery. Um, So shout out to you, Jane. But, uh, Sam, welcome in, all the way down in Australia. How are you, mate? Mate, I don't know about you, I'm still hungover, so I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> that was a crazy You period. are still hungover. It was. What'd you do See, for it? See, the thing is, if you keep, well, if you keep drinking, it's the key. Uh, mate, still on holiday mm. mode at the moment. I'm, I am working. Um, but no, it was good. I, I escaped Sydney. COVID was getting pretty hectic there. Um... So my partner and I, we went up to we went up to the Gold Coast um, to see her family, and um, now I'm now I'm down in Adelaide. Forty degrees Celsius here today. Um, God knows what that oh. is in in Fahrenheit. It's hot. It's hot. Uh, um, yep. But no, it's good. Beers went down well. Christmas went well. Um, yeah, it's been fantastic, mate. And and bang on the state of play. What a name. And um, mate, it's going to be a fantastic. 2022 lots to talk about lots to get uh, to get through we've missed three weeks i think now so there's been uh, there's been a lot going on but really excited and uh, what a better way to start the new year than than hanging out with yourself yeah i love that that sounds fantastic i appreciate that and, and right back to you i mean i've been looking forward to this i know we we took a little pre- planned pre-scheduled uh, break for for the holidays and whatnot definitely a lot of sports going on though so great time for it and yeah well the thing is mate it was and, a it, it was a really tough uh, it was a really tough two weeks for us you know that that two weeks that we that we did we deserved <sighs> yeah. a bit of a break yeah. you know yeah absolutely so, no i mean we good on us you know i can't believe we put show. two weeks together yeah oh yeah. big time yeah no big i time. i classic millennial work two hours take two weeks off right that's that's effectively what we've done here yeah so if i could outsource um, this I all right would. well uh, <laughs> if, exactly um well let's get into it i mean uh as as we've been talking about we've missed uh, the last couple of weeks or rather we've been taking a mental break uh we've been focusing focusing on ourselves on our mental health some uh relatively minor things have happened in terms of max verstappen winning his very first uh driver's championship uh in a totally undramatic unconsequential and uh very quite boring way wouldn't you say Oh yeah, that was one of the most boring races I've ever seen. It was, you know, only controversy for most of the race. Yeah. So it was, it, it was good. Yes, I, I completely agree. Um, of course, we're being sarcastic. It was probably one of the best races of the entire calendar year. Not only because, I mean, both drivers came in equal on points, but uh, it was just highly traumatic. There was definitely some lulls. I mean, Hamilton looked to be walking away with it or rather driving away with it for uh, pretty much the majority of the race. Uh, However, 
Latifi, uh, Red Bull's newest mascot and recipient of Lifetime Red Bull, um, decided to crash in Team 13 uh, with, I don't know, probably four, eight laps to go, actually, probably. Let's just call it eight. Um, eight laps to go. Safety car comes out. And, I mean, we don't need to recap the whole thing. At the end of the day, uh, Verstappen uh, gets a new set of tires. And uh, Michael Massey, the race director, thinks that he should uh, be able to come up to the front of the pack. And uh, he raced Hamilton for the very last lap of the very last race of the season to decide the driver's championship. And he wins it. Uh, I... I think I loved it. I loved it for the drama. I didn't really love the decision decision from Michael Massey, but I don't know. What what's your take on it? Well, I think Michael Massey can go get fucked. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I don't understand what happened. I really don't. It's a good story. So here in Australia at the moment, um, you have to have exemptions or border passes to go into different states. Um, so Amy, mm. my partner, and I, we we'd driven from sydney to the border of queensland um the day before stayed in the motel and the race was at uh, one o'clock in the morning for us and the border opened up at two o'clock in the morning for people to go over so we got up and watched it mm. and i was happy packing the bags getting in the car latifi the twat crashes and then massey just decides to rewrite the rule book um and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Toto Wolf said it perfectly. He said, he, you can't do that. Um, but yeah. he does what he wants, the big man. And um, look, at the end of the day, you can't take it away from Verstappen. He, he thoroughly deserved it as well. It's not his fault that that decision was made. Um, but he was he was outclassed on the day. Hamilton was infinitely quicker than him. Um, had that not happened, would have won by 10 seconds. Um, and that was mm. with extremely old tyres. So Hamilton, better driver on the yes. day. Probably not the better driver throughout the season, though. I think you'd say Verstappen was. Um, so I yep. think it's all gone the right way, but I don't think it should have happened that way. I think that's a perfect summary. I think uh, Verstappen on the year definitely earned the win, earned the, the championship. I mean, he did have more race wins on the year, so... Even if it was tied, you know, they both crash out or whatever it, it is. I know we talked about that in, in last episode. I mean, uh, Verstappen would have won just because he, he had the, the more wins. So, yeah, I I think uh, Hamilton, though, was the better driver on the day. And I think that's so Hamilton. I think, you know, he, he may have his ups and downs, but those aren't even all that bad. And I think when, you know, the going gets tough, the tough get going. And that's what Hamilton was, was wanting to do and, and did for the vast majority of the race up until the last, you know, I don't know what it is, 18 corners, I think, are, are on that track. So, yeah, I mean, it was crazy. It was so much fun to watch, though. I mean, it was the – I don't think I've ever been more tense during a safety car. Like, it, it seen you just didn't know what was going to happen. Like, is it going to finish under a safety car? Is it not? Like, so is everyone going to have to unlap themselves? Like, all that kind of stuff. So, I was practically standing. As soon as that safety car came out, I was standing up. I was pacing. It was just, it was nerve wracking. It was a fantastic television for sure. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I was pretty sure I was going to get turned around at the border because I was screaming in the car and probably was sweating at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, I thought the cops were going to look at me and say, no, this guy's on something. He's got COVID or he's completely bullshitted the form. Um Luckily enough, yep. it, the race just finished and I managed to calm down before the border opened. Um, 
but yeah, bulls, bullshit day, right result. I think is how yeah. you'd say it. Yep. Yep. I, I think that's fair, and I think it just makes uh, the 2022 season that much more exciting uh, to get started to. So, speaking of 2021-2022 uh, seasons, uh, we just had one wrap-up, which is college football. Uh, the University of Georgia beat the University of Alabama, their arch rivals in the SEC, the Southeastern Conference, for the national title, their national champions, for the first time in 41 years. 1980 is when the Georgia Bulldogs last won the college football championship and they did it. I think this is the best story of the entire storyline, not only the 41 year drought or whatever, but Stetson Bennett, the fourth, probably one of the best football names out there besides Baker Mayfield uh, is a preferred walk on to Georgia grew up a Georgia fan at three years old. He told his dad, I want to be the quarterback for the university of Georgia Bulldogs. And lo and behold, what does he do? Not only does he beat everyone out, five-star recruits, four-star recruits, transfers, all that kind of stuff, he takes them, he leads them, and he wins a national championship for his boyhood team, something that I think every guy and girl out there has always dreamt of doing is your favorite, whether it be college or professional or club or whatever it is, you have a favorite team, you've dreamt of playing for them, you wish that you were under the lights in the moment leading that team down the field, down the pitch, whatever it is, and just and going out there and doing it and seeing that confetti come down, hearing those fireworks go off, hearing your name up in, you know, the loudspeakers, all of that kind of stuff. It was it was great. It was great football to watch. Um, I know we both we both caught it. Uh, no touchdown scored in the first half. I mean, it was it was crazy. It was great defense. And I think it was it was a true dogfight, no pun intended. But like that was an absolute brawl of a football game. I was going to say Stetson Bennett. Georgia Bulldogs couldn't have found someone better because he is a dog, an absolute dog. He is a dog. Look at him go. Yeah, he just yeah deserved that thoroughly. It's another one of those. Um, it's another one of those stories that you just like to see. Um, Alabama great year, but I think a lot of people had Georgia going into that one. Um, look, Bryce Young, you can't you can't take it past him. But the Georgia D too good. He's thrown five picks all year. Throws two yesterday. Um, I think mm-hmm. just sort of had him covered when they needed to have him covered. Yep. Yeah, and, and I mean, they brought pressure almost constantly. I feel like he never had time in the pocket to to throw and to let a play develop and to let his receivers get downfield. I mean, if it, was, if it wasn't a coverage sack, it was just a true, like, sack. Uh, one, of the, one of the big players, literally and figuratively, is Jordan Davis for uh, the University of Georgia. Their defensive lineman. He's a he's a nose guard, so he sits pretty much right over the center. Six seven, three hundred and eighty pounds. I have no idea what that transfers to in metrics, but all you need to know is that's fucking big. Six foot seven, three hundred and eighty pound human playing football. And I heard this. He runs a four eight forty yard dash. The man can move like none other. So, I mean, I, I don't know how you take care of one of those guys, let alone an entire front seven uh, for, for the defense for Georgia. So, I, I honestly, I'm speechless, as you can tell. Is that right? He runs a 4 8. Yeah. That's outrageous. Put him in a fullback. That's, yeah. I think they did. They did actually on their first scoring play for uh, Zaire Smith or whatever the running back's name is for Georgia. 
Yeah, they put him in at fullback. They the the announcers threw out a great stat between him and another one of their offensive tackles that he like ran uh, behind. Jordan Davis did to to block. There was seven hundred pounds of human blocking that gap that the running back went through, which is just absolutely bonkers. That's big men. That is big. That big boys. Yeah, that's a lot of hamburgers. Dogs. That's crazy. Oh yeah, some dogs. Absolute dogs. Yeah, miracle grow. Fucking who knows what, dude? I mean that I don't. How do you get to be six foot seven, three eighty, and be that athletic? It's it's like Shaq. Imagine Shaq, but playing football. That's stupid. That's that it's should nasty. be illegal. Yeah, it is nasty. So, which leads us into uh, naturally the NFL because all of these kids are going to go to the NFL, um, or at least the vast majority of them. Stetson Bennett, he's my height. I found that out. I'm about five ten, five nine. He is five nine, five ten. And I don't know, probably about 190 pounds or something like that. But I mean, that is that is me. And I there's no way that I could play in the NFL. So as much as I love Stetson Bennett, um, sorry, bud, you're probably not going to the league. You may go to the CFL, but that's uh, that's a different story. Uh, but yeah, anyway, back to uh, the NFL playoffs. Those just got set. Um, I'm very excited for this weekend the patriots uh my new england patriots are facing their old rivals the buffalo bills um also facing is going to be the las vegas raiders and the cincinnati Bengals in cincinnati then you have the philadelphia eagles versus tampa bay uh that's going to be a blowout i think and then you got uh we got the rams and the uh is it the niners no yes Rams and Niners, I think, I think is that is. right? Yeah, and then um, right. oh, you got Kansas City and uh, and Pittsburgh. I probably should have written this down before I just jumped into this segment. Um, That's great knowledge. Keep going. And then we're missing the, yep. And then the Cardinals are playing the Cowboys. Did I get that right? I think you've done really well there. You have done exceptionally oh, well. Yes, this is this is what it, this is what the the state of play. You haven't. To you, you have. You have high quality presentation. You have not. You have not done exceptionally well. I'm going to correct you. Actually, no, no. Don't tell me that. Forty nine is Cowboys. What did I miss? Fuck. Forty nine. Forty nine is Cowboys. Right. It's Rams. Cardinals. Yep. Correct. Rams. Cardinals. Everything else I got right. We will not be. Uh, we will not be cutting that out. Okay, I. You know what? Yeah, for the comedic effect, no, we won't cut it out. I agree. A done goofed, everyone. Uh, yeah. So let's go you game by game. Up. Let's pick hey, up. Hey, Ron. First game. <laughs> Jake Quellen. Um. Let's. Uh. Yeah. Let's pick every game. What do we got? So first game is uh, Cincy versus the Las Vegas Raiders in Cincinnati. Cincy Raiders. Who do you think? Yep. I think Joe Burrow is playing too well at the moment. I think Jamar Chase is on fire. I, I don't see the Raiders stopping him, I don't think. I think it'll be a little bit of a shootout, but I think Bengals run away. I think high-scoring game, probably overs. Probably overs as well. Yep. I like that. I uh, I'm picking the same team. 
I'm going with uh, the coolest man in football. I think Joe Burrow. I don't know what you think about this, but I think Joe Burrow is without a doubt the coolest, at least the coolest quarterback. But I think he's the coolest guy in football, and I'm I'm riding Joe Burrow. Um, I completely agree. I think high scoring game. I think uh, Vegas has been admirable. I all of the turmoil that franchise has gone through this year, the fact that they made the playoffs, I think is a huge win. I think the uh, the Cinderella train stops here, though. Um, then the uh, the evening game is the Buffalo Bills versus the New England Patriots in Buffalo, New York. Uh, I'm biased. I want to say the Patriots, but honestly, I kind of think the I think the Bills are going to win this. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I think um, I think you get a couple of players back. <clears throat> that you missed last week. And I think you run over the top of them. Mm-hmm. I have back Patriots. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I like that. And the again, line I'm going to go overs. Four, so you take the I'm gonna Pats go, and I'm going to go points. overs. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's going to be a balmy seven degrees Fahrenheit, which if my math is definitely incorrect, which it is, uh, that's probably negative... No, it's not negative. Fifteen is not below freezing. I reckon uh, it is. Yeah, that's probably close. Yeah. Okay. Fifteen degrees Celsius. Negative that's fifteen, cold, dude. It's chilly. No, no. Oh, uh, oh. Right, I'm with you. Yes. Sir. Oh, wait a second. I no, was it is below freezing. I no, was thinking right. in no, Celsius. No. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, it is minus. It yeah. is minus Celsius. Um. Wow. Again, the the state of play is off to a good start here. Um. Okay. You even and fucking convinced me I was wrong. <laughs> that's that's why I do what I do. Um, all right. So you're taking the bill or the Patriots and the points. I could see that. Then, Correct. in my opinion, and this this point this line has actually already moved half a point. Uh, the Bucks Eagles in Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, Florida. Uh, Bucks are minus eight and a half. I would be all over that. Um, I think. Actually, let me let me retract that statement. I would be all over them if it was six and a half, maybe seven. I think the Eagles do try and keep it close. I think they definitely lose, but I think they keep it as I think they keep it to a touchdown. Oh, I could see, uh, I could see Tom Brady running away with this. I think. Really, I think he runs okay. out with it, and I actually, I actually don't, I don't think the Eagles are going to put too much on the board either yeah a lot of that depends on Jalen Hurts doesn't it it does it big time does yeah definitely definitely uh then the old rivalry of uh the 49ers and the Cowboys uh in Jerry World in Dallas I'm you know I think the Niners squeaked in here they they secured the last spot on the last day uh, against the Rams, uh, they played their hearts out. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they they put up a good season at ten and seven. It's respectable. I think uh, I think the Cowboys do win. The line is minus three and a half, which I think is is accurate. Um, I might be tempted to take the Niners in the points, but I would probably actually be swayed into taking Dallas and uh, and giving the Niners the points. However, I'm going to contradict myself. I think this is the biggest upset watch of of the day i think this game 
could easily go to the Niners if the Cowboys do what the Cowboys do best, which is choke. This is going to go into overtime. That's my call. It's going to be decided by a touchdown, whoever has the ball first. I like that. Are you a betting man? Would you put that? I would actually, I would bet overtime for that. I'll I would bet definitely that. bet there's an overtime I'll bet that. period. Yeah. I'd, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to throw down five bucks on that. I don't know what the, the odds are, but they're got to be plus a lot. So, uh, and then actually the, the biggest, I stand corrected once again, I think that's a uh, three for three. So now I'm done um, for being wrong for today's episode. The Chiefs Steelers is the biggest line at minus 12 and a half in favor of the Chiefs. This is in Arrowhead. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, playoffs, Arrowhead, all of that is a recipe for not only a win, but I think a pretty emphatic win. Whether or not it's by 12 and a half, I don't know, maybe 10. Uh, but Big Ben, I think, you know, he he had his nice little run here for his last season. He hasn't officially announced his retirement, but everyone knows it's pretty much a, a lock. Um for him to retire, I would be all over the Chiefs. 12 and a half is a lot of points, so I may take the Steelers with the points, but I think this is a Chiefs win no matter what. Yep, Chiefs. Easy. Move on. Yep, easy. Uh, then finally, for the first ever Monday night wild card game, I love that the NFL added this. I think it's great for television. I think it's great for ratings, all of that kind of stuff. And they probably picked arguably what will be the highest scoring game uh of of the entire series uh playoff games is going to be rams cardinals in la in sofi which will host the uh the super bowl this year uh which is very exciting this game is to me a pick em. i mean the line's three and a half i will say however arizona has been the biggest like roller coaster of a team they had a losing record towards the end of the season which is not great they're still somehow 11 and 6 but they just played garbage football the last like five weeks i want to say yeah they've not played well they've not played well i, I think rams no. run away with this i think cinderella story i think i think they stand a bit of a chance at going quite far as well mm, interesting matt stafford though has never won a playoff game does that sway your thinking at all C- cinderella story no. off he goes go maddie cinderella story all right Go the stuff. I love that. I love that. So, uh, we won't go through the whole uh, playoff bracket. The two teams that we did not did not mention, since they are uh, the one seeds, are the Titans for the AFC and the Green Bay Packers for the NFC. Let's just go NFC Championship, AFC Championship, and then Super Bowl. Who you got in those three games? I'm going to go Chiefs for AFC, I think. Okay. Has to be. I'd be surprised it goes any Chiefs. other way. Chiefs versus who, though? Who you got in that matchup? You reckon? I'm going to take chalk here. I think it's, I think it's T, T, I think it, wow, I can't even talk. I think it's Chiefs, Titans in Tennessee. Yep. I think, yep. Uh, look, I, if, so the winner of, uh, the winner of the Bills, Pats would go on to play Tennessee in Tennessee because the Pats are the, the sixth seed. We're assuming that 
Pittsburgh is going to lose. So the Patriots, if they did win, would go on to play since they're the lowest remaining seed to Tennessee. I would love to see them win that. They won the regular season matchup, but I just don't see Tennessee coughing up that game. It may be close. And then you get the winner of Raiders Bengals going on to play the Chiefs. I love Joe Burrow. I hope he wins this game. I think they get absolutely rickrolled by uh, by the Chiefs. So then, you know, you're left with uh, with those final two teams. Uh, and I don't see Tennessee getting it done. I think uh, I I I think Kansas City will will win the AFC. I agree. Yep. Yep. I agree. Okay. And I think it's going to be Cowboys uh, Cowboys Green Bay. Ooh, I like that. And I think Green, Green Bay, Bay win that. Yeah. Yep. And Interesting. Then okay. I'm actually going to take Green Bay to take it all. You got them winning the Super Bowl? Yeah. yeah. I like that. You know, Aaron Rodgers, as much as I dislike him in certain aspects as a person, um, I think that there's no denying his ability as a football player. And all things aside... Uh, yeah, I, I think they're the best team. They're getting healthy at the right time. They're getting Jair Alexander on the defensive side of the ball. And I want to say they're getting David, David Bakhtiari in, uh, in on that offensive line. So two really key starters for them, uh, coming back plus they get a buy. So yeah, I, I think green Bay will only know how to play in green Bay in terms of weather, because it's going to be late January for that NFC championship game. If Dallas comes in, Dallas plays in a dome. Obviously they play in Dallas, so they're not cold. They're not used to the cold weather. And uh, yeah, I, I could definitely see that happening for sure. Yep. I love that. There we go. There we go. Now what I want to do, I do want to do a mock draft. I do want to do it. I think we should move on from, from football today. I think okay. what we should do next week is dedicate an episode to it. Do to the, the full draft. first round. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. A full yeah. first round too. Yeah. Ooh. So there you go. Okay. Full right. first round. That's so what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to chuck out two episodes next week. We're going to have a normal episode and a bonus episode, which is going to be the draft mock draft. Mock draft brought to you by the state of play sponsored by exactly no one yet, but that's fine. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, what what do you want to get into next? What do you got for us? You can choose what's next. You can choose what's next. So we've got to go through MVP of the week in the sporting world. Mm-hmm. And we've got to go through my what the fuck of the week, which I'm going to combine with a new section this week, which is called Grumpy Sam. <laughs> so, so we got a new choose? name which, and we got a which, new which segment. Which do you want first? Exactly. You got to choose what you want. Um, look, let's let's go positive first. I I love Grumpy okay. Sam. I, I've I've seen Grumpy Sam for for many a year. Uh, but I want to I want to go with your MVP of the week. Who do you got? Who are we highlighting? Two standouts for me this week. Um, so I've got a runner up, Cam Smith, uh, tournament of champions in the PGA, thirty four under. Ah. Um, he started horribly his first round was not good um and he was just padding the ball from anywhere on the green i don't know if you've seen the highlights or you got a chance to watch it um ike but it it was something seriously impressive um wow i'd highly suggest everyone jump on and watch it um the pats he was making the approach shots he was Mm. making was uh was something else and and 
takes out a lot of money for it as well. Um, a humble Australian bloke walked away with with eight million bucks and says it's not going to change him. So let's let's see how he goes. I love that, and arguably has some of the best hair on the tour, does he not? The mullet's back. Yes, the, the mullet, mullet is mode back. combo. I think that's the yeah, that's the winning recipe. And also to shoot thirty four under. I mean, for God's sakes, that's absolutely insane. Um, I love that. That's I think over that's four great, days. I, fact, I shoot 34 over I mean, on one round. <laughs> you and me both. Oh my God. I just shot a, I'm a horrible cold weather golfer. I, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I'm just a terrible cold weather golfer. I just cannot, I have to wear too many clothes. I can't get my proper rotation. I will throw every excuse in the book as to why I play terribly in the winter because it's true. I shot a 65 on nine holes, 65, Sam. That's absolute dog water. So you say you're a bad uh, cold weather golfer, but I remember playing when you were in Australia. I remember you hitting quite a lot of balls. You had a lot more fun than everyone else because you had a lot more time on the golf course. <laughs> uh, true, yeah. It's it's how you maximize the cost per round. The more time you spend on the course, the less exactly. it actually costs you. This is something that not everyone understands that's not a golfer. Is That's why you actually want to be bad is because – now your $100 round really doesn't seem all that expensive because it took you 10 hours to complete it. So that's 10 bucks an hour. Like, who cares? Yeah, it's costing you like 60 anyway. cents per shot. It's brilliant. Yeah, I love that. You know what? That's how I really should dissect this is, is price per shot. The better I get, the more expensive really per shot it gets. So why would I want to do that? It really is. Anyway. It really is. Anyway. Right. So Cameron MVP Smith of the is week. the runner-up. Yeah. He's runner-up. So we've got an MVP here. Now, you and I briefly touched on the AFL um, at the end of last year, the Australian Football League. AFL w, uh, w season has just started. So the Women's League, it's getting a lot of traction over here. Um, there was uh, the grand final last year, 34,000 people rocked up. Um, it's 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 wow. popular. It's becoming a, a thing. So grand final rematch uh, this week, Adelaide Crows versus Brisbane Lions. Brisbane Lions won the grand final last year. Um, Adelaide mm. Crows run away with this one. Um, absolutely demolish them. Um, they've, they've kicked 39 points to the Brisbane Lions nine. Um, so my MVP of the week oh my gosh. in just her second season, Ash Woodland has kicked four goals, which for you Americans is 24 points. She has almost three times outscored the entire premiership uh, defendees. And um, wow, yeah, 24 years old, 176 centimeters tall. So she'll pat you on the head. And um, yeah, mm -hmm. she's leading goal kicker for the Crows last year. And um, yeah, big, big shout out to Ash. That's a, that's a great way to start the season. And um, hopefully they can go on with it this year. That is absolutely incredible. Big shout out to, uh, to Ash and, and the Adelaide Crows. Is that your team? I mean, you're from Adelaide, no? It so is. Is that yeah. your team? Yep. It is. It I is. love that. I love that. So tell me about the uh, the kind of the growth of that game, women's AFL. I mean, women's sport in general is just exploding globally, but like how how yep. rampant has it been? Like is everyone really kind of catching on? It's really stepped up. So when you and I were at uni, so what's that, six years ago, um, it was underway. It's probably been going six, seven years. 
off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Started off with uh, only a handful of teams. Every year they're adding another couple of teams, tacking them onto the men's teams here. Um, and yeah, it, it's really growing. COVID's probably slowed down um, the growth of, of per person attendance as it has everywhere for every sport. But getting 34,000 yep. people to, to a women's sporting event is, um, I think that's a fantastic effort from the AFL. Um, and mm-hmm. it's a fantastic effort from football lovers here who have been willing to show their support for that league. It, it's the only way it grows. I don't want to get into this, but there's a big disparity. People complain about how much women athletes get paid to men. Watch the fucking sport then. If you're not watching the sport, they're not <laughs> going to get paid. It's it's of about course. advertisement. Yeah. It's, it's not because the men are better or more skillful in any way. Sometimes they're more powerful. That's genetics. That's fine. Um, but sports like sure. netball that I want to cover off next week. I, I, you know, you'd have seen netball when you were at uni with, with me. It's a terrific sport. And men yep. are just shit at it. And you know what? They don't even play it. They don't bother because <laughs> no one's going to watch it. Yeah. But the women, no. you get heaps of people here watch it. It's massive globally. Yeah. So that's my that's a little rant. That's just getting me fired up for Grumpy Sam. But no, terrific effort, and, and it, it really is on the rise over here. Oh, I love that. You know, shout out to, again, shout out to Ash Woodland for being, I hope, hopefully she did win MVP, not only the game. I don't know if they, they hand that out, but at, at the end of the day, she won the best award she will probably win in her entire life, and she probably doesn't even know that she just won it, but... The MVP award from Sam Davis of the State of Play show. Uh, congratulations. If we had a soundboard, we'd probably put in some cheering noises in the background, but um, we're in our infancy here, so we'll for, for next time. There we go. Yay! Yeah. Um, well, well, I love that. So that's the positive. What's the negative? Who? Why, why are you grumpy, Sam? Right. Right. What I'm going to need you to do here is just, just let me just let me go. And then you can mm-hmm. just react to the idea. If you interrupt me, I'll be even grumpier, honestly. Oh, wow. Dolphins Dolphins go 9 Wait, and I eight. have a quick question. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That was mean. Continue. Do you have a question? Nope. I'm good. Right. Miami Dolphins go 9 and 8. Shocking start to the season, granted. Our head coach gets fired after going in 19 and 14 in the last 2 years. Best record we've had in the last 20 years over a 2-year span. First time in 22 years we've had back-to-back winning seasons. First time in 23 years we've swept the Patriots. He gets fired. Stephen Ross is the problem. He's the owner of the Miami Dolphins. I'm not going to hold back here at all. <laughs> Bring it on, Stephen Ross. I think he's a racist. Ooh. He's held rallies for Trump. He's put money behind Trump. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. You can do that. But there's just no other way to explain what's going on down there than that. I don't know if you've seen... Five of the six interviews he wants lined up are white men. And I think there's some coaches there that are being overlooked. And and I just worry that until Stephen Ross is no longer the owner of the Miami Dolphins, 
that we're going to change the system every three years. He's been there 13 years. We've had four head coaches, five week one starting quarterbacks. We've been on one playoff appearance and we've not won a playoff game. In that time that Stephen Ross has been with the Dolphins, they rank 24th in win percentage. He's an extremely successful businessman. And we might not like what I'm about to say here, and we might have to decide whether or not this goes on the show. I don't understand how someone so successful in the business world, when it comes to football, he just he has the patience of a pedophile in a playground. Honestly. <laughs> just not willing to give it a chance. Oh, my God. And I just uh, baffled. Absolutely baffled. If he cared, I'd tell him to take a long, hard look at himself. With Flores going, we no longer get to Sean Watson. You have to to stick with Tua now. There's no one coming out of this draft that's going to do any better. You no longer get to Sean Watson because he only wanted to go there because of Brian Flores. Mm -hmm. He's back to GM in who has made mistakes over the last six years, who's been there for forever as well Chris Greer he's seemingly uh, back to him he just... and he's back to her I thought he wait when did Chris Greer get hired he did he hasn't been there for six years has he he's been there for ages hasn't he Chris Greer we should also mention is is African-American so I I only bring that up because of the the racial aspect that you brought up um just to make sure that our viewers understand uh just kind of the general flow he, of things. He's been here. the GM since twenty since twenty sixteen, and he's been with the you Dolphins right. since two thousand. He is a University so, of Massachusetts Amherst grad. Um, and, and and look, there's no obviously it's speculation. I got a bit fired up on on old Stephen Ross. <laughs> I'm sure he's not entirely racist. Be that's such a that's such a low bar now. Oh my god, to not be entirely racist, just yeah. playfully, yeah, right? Fully. Just playfully racist. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, okay. I don't think he's got uh, the full KKK set up in his in his wardrobe. Um, no, probably maybe not. just the hat. Maybe just that. <laughs> oh dear lord. Uh, well, we hope that none of that's, that is true. That's, well, that's, I don't uh, think that's that. That, that's also my what the fuck of the week. I just I don't understand what's going. Yeah. on. Yeah, you got to rebuild now. You got to take look, a, a coordinator who hasn't been a GM. And now, yeah, here we go. I look. I I agree. I think that firing of Brian Flores was easily the one that caught everyone off guard in the NFL community. It was the one that I certainly was most shocked by. Uh, and I think was also the least deserving. I think the the points that you had brought up in terms of the first time of having back-to-back winning seasons, the best two-year record in you know a couple of decades, um, the first time they swept uh, the Patriots in also a few decades. I mean, just a whole number of stats that that uh, that don't really warrant the firing of of a of a head coach. What I have heard been reported, uh, which you kind of alluded to in terms of Stephen Ross picking. Chris Greer, the GM, and Tua Tungavailoa, their uh, draft pick uh, last year, 
uh, over Brian Flores. And I had heard uh, that Brian Flores did not get along very well with Chris Greer and with Tua Tungavailoa. So I think uh, it's pretty clear that Stephen Ross, the owner, picked uh, his his franchise or potential franchise quarterback uh, and his GM over his head coach. I would be very remiss to say that Tua is a franchise quarterback. I don't think anyone would really think that. I don't even think Stephen Ross thinks that. However, if Tua does not become their franchise quarterback and they do not extend him and they do not keep him there, and let's just say Brian Flores goes on to have an illustrious career, obviously it's going to be egg on Stephen Ross's face and he's probably going to throw it at the GM or whatever. Um, but what, what I will say is that that's the only way that Steven Ross wins this is if Tua becomes a franchise quarterback and Brian Flores does not have an illustrious coaching career, because even if Brian has even a slightly or as good of a season or seasons as he did with the Miami dolphins, but with a quarterback similar to Tua's stature, it's just going to be that Brian Flores is a good coach. I mean, he has to coach a guy like Tua, who is not a franchise quarterback, and he can still produce winning seasons out of it. Now, just imagine if Brian Flores had Deshaun Watson or literally any other high caliber quarterback. Yeah, he's probably going to do a good job. Now, Brian Flores, without a doubt, is going to be the best and the most sought after coach on the market. And this is my take. I've I've had a couple of takes. We've both had takes here that we recorded for a number of purposes. Mine is Russell Wilson to the Packers if the Packers don't win the Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers to the Steelers. Here's my next one. Brian Flores to the Chicago Bears, and he does what he tried to do with Tua, but with Justin Fields, but even better. The Chicago Bears, if they hire, one, the right GM, and two, Brian Flores, and three, draft well. Three things that are not easy to do and will easily get me out of this take. But if I'm right, I will absolutely claim credit for it. If they do those three things, they are going to the playoffs next year. And they are going to be a very dominant team. That is my take. Agreed. Completely agreed. It is going to be egg on Stephen Ross's face. I, I believe that. I believe that completely. Um I think he's dropped the ball. I don't get it. It made me grumpy yesterday. I'm really grumpy again today now. I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> grumpy Sam is back. Oh, oh dear Lord. You are grumpy. I, I'm i seeing you on camera. I know the, the listeners won't be able to see you on camera, but your body language just says defeated. And I, and I hate to I hate to kick you while you're down, but that's that's just really what it is. If you want to see me looking defeated, we do have this uh, up on YouTube. It's oh, we do? not a good time for me, but for everyone else, uh, you might enjoy it. Uh, yeah, you might. Who knows? People people watch a lot of cringe videos for a lot of different reasons. So, um, yeah. Well, I'm very sorry for you uh, as your friend. I'm ecstatic as a Patriots fan because obviously they did sweep the Pats um, and Brian Flores is a descendant of the Bill Belichick coaching tree is a very, very good coach. I think he knows how to lead a locker room. I think he demands 
a very similar caliber out of his player as Bill Belichick, which I think just screams uh, potential for success. Uh, we just recently saw uh, Joe Judge get fired from the New York Giants, also a descendant of the Belichick coaching tree. I think uh, Joe Judge tries to do what Brian Flores does, but not nearly as well. There's obviously a very significant roster difference there. I, I will throw that pretty major caveat in. So it's not completely on Joe Judge. Um, however, I think head coaches are the fall guys when it comes to this. So it's always going to rest on his shoulders. Um, and he knew what he was signing up for. But nonetheless, Brian Flores is going to land on his feet. Um, and to your point, actually, I kind of want to bring that back to, to what you said about who who the Dolphins are, are lining up for interviews and how... I think you said four out of the five guys are white or five out of the six. Um, not only is Steven Ross obviously just only trying to abide by the Rooney rule right there, which the Rooney rule is named after Art Rooney, uh, a longtime, I think, owner, if not executive of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and effectively states that if any high-ranking position opens in an NFL team, at least one minority um, needs to be interviewed for that position and considered, um, obviously at, at any, at the highest of levels interviewed, fully considered. So I think that there's a wealth of minority coaches that deserve interviews. I think, you know, you're hearing names like Dan Campbell, the defensive coordinator for, uh, for the Cowboys, formerly the head coach of, uh, or no, I'm sorry, Dan Quinn, excuse me. Dan Campbell, uh, is currently the coach of the Lions, but anyway, I mean, there's a number of guys, but Eric Bieniemy, I think if he's not a head coach or if he chooses not to be a head coach, that's one thing. But if he's not given proper interviews in this upcoming season, specifically for the Miami Dolphins, I think that is a huge red flag. I mean, he is the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. He's obviously done an exceptional job there. We don't need to pad his stats any more than he already has. I think that would be a no brain hire for Stephen Ross and the Miami Dolphins and what he could try and do for Tua. Yep, completely agree. That would be my pick at the moment. That would be who I would be comfortable with, happy with being able to hit the ground, hit the ground running, and, and maybe have a similar level of rapport that the other guys have had with, with Flo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I I think that's that's the no-brainer option. I think you have to get an offensive guy. I, defensive coaches are great. Stick them at D coordinator, you know, and and just let that thing ride um but yeah i for me it's eric b enemy or bust that's that's my take it's a good take and there you have it i don't want to talk about it anymore yeah okay well we have gone a, a decent a decent while here i know we wanted to get our fans caught up or, or fan rather uh caught up on on everything so uh thank you all for listening sam do you have do you have anything else i don't want to just preemptively cut this off in, in case you did want to do something else but what, what are you feeling um apart from depression and dread um based on the miami dolphins franchise uh also <laughs> England in this ashes in the cricket have been next to fucking hopeless. So that's been good. Oh, um, dear God. Yeah. Now we got sad Sam. I drank a lot. We got, I drank we got a lot of Christmas Sam. period. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Look, I'm excited to see um, what off-season brings for football. Uh, we're only 67 days away from the first F1 race. Um 
Australian okay. rules football is, is getting up and running again in about a month and a half. Um, we're going to have some netball. World surfing is coming back online. Um, the, the next couple of months in a more in, yes. in a more positive note, the next couple of months I think are going to be really fantastic for sport. Um, not the sports that are covered all that often, but are still really good. Um, you know, Ike and I have both done some stuff with, with surfing um, and, and it's great. Um, and Australian rules football is fantastic. Um, and yeah, mate, I, I'm just really excited for the year, I guess, is, is how I'll end this. I think, um, yeah, I think if we keep going and keep chipping away, we, we might be able to make some people's uh, days a little bit better when they know that the state of play has come out. I love that. That is uh that's a great way to end that. I I'm not even going to try and add on to that because that is that is just a perfect ending segment outro for the state of play. Thank you all for tuning in for uh this most recent episode. Happy New Year to everyone. Stay safe out there and uh and we'll catch you all next week. To root. <laughs>